Hello and welcome to the Bear Podcast. I am your host, Bear. From the uber popular Instagram page, Growing Up Montana. Uh, wait a minute, you never heard of it? Well, that's beside the point. I love all things farm, ranch, Montana, and really a lot of other things. But this show is for anyone that wants to laugh, get real, or learn something about our way of life. I've got two kiddos, I've got some cows, horses, too many chickens, and apparently just enough time to record a podcast here and there. Listen, I don't know what I'm doing, but one thing's for sure, it's going to get silly and sappy, and we're going to have a lot of fun as I share some of my favorite people with you, Montana folks, longtime friends, farmers, ranchers, homesteaders, and sometimes just the rando person that I find interesting. So put your boots on and saddle up because we ready to ride. Growing up Montana. Growing up Montana. Okay, so this is the very first episode of the Bear Podcast. And as I was working out this idea in my head, I knew the first guess was a total no-brainer. I think because the idea actually came to life with this guest several years ago. Um, More about that later in the show, but I have my good friend Brandy joining me today. Brandy and I, um, we were made for each other. I remember early on in our friendship, Brandy, we would always say things like, I'm so glad we found each other. And I think even like other people said that about us. But I'm so honored that um, Brandy would join me on this very first episode. Brandy is my partner in crime in so many ways. We always laugh when we're together. She encourages, supports, and actively participates in wild homesteading adventures. We've raised pigs, chickens, and kids together. Um, She's a homeschool mom, and she has two older kids. She also has a toddler, little sweet Simone, and another one on the way. She is simultaneously a voice of reason and a push to ridiculousness. She's beautiful, compassionate, and an amazing mom and wife. I'm so lucky to call her friend and so excited that she's joining me today. So welcome, Brandy. Everybody's bound to be disappointed now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's stop. Let's stop and be really real right here. Okay. I'm in my Mm -hmm. mid-40s, right? Neither Mm -hmm. one of us have ever made a podcast before. And, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, like my, we're doing this over zoom. So like my total number of zoom meetings ever in my life are definitely under four. What about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is probably number four. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, about, about 30 minutes ago, we actually recorded this. Wait, hold on. No, I say recorded. We actually did the podcast, but I forgot to hit record. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, what take two. So this is take two, but um, you know, I went outside. Uh, we were gonna get right back at it again, but you suggested that we go out and kind of like refresh our brains, and that was good. So I went outside and got some oxygen, and by oxygen, I mean like I went out and inhaled a whole bunch of smoke because it, of all the wildfires here. It's like incredibly smoke. Oh, you weren't like vaping outside? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think I have commitment enough to vape or be a smoker. I, I, I'd be like, oh, we're out. Bummer. Okay. 
I'd be a total. So I'm never doing that again. <laughs> yeah. So if um, I can't grow it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, so I went outside, got a little oxygen, a little carbon monoxide, probably from the smoke and um, came up with a couple fresh ideas so that like, you know, this isn't rehearsed because I mean, but if we're being honest, like our entire life together, our entire friendship is always basically just a show. So it's like, you can hit record or you don't have to. And it's, it's pretty much the same all the time. I still don't blow your mind with how funny (laughs) we are. And (laughs) I mean, the entertainment value, it's like off the charts, (laughs) off the charts. I like, I like to think that I'm the funniest person I know, but I also know you. And so it's like a, we're neck and neck there. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the the combo the magic together the magic that happens yeah this is where the magic happens when the two of us get together that's true um okay well let's jump into it a little bit about you brandy you have two older kids you have one little bitty who's how old is she a year and a half she's one she's 15 months okay 15 months and then and another one. I only know that because we just had our 15 month checkup. Usually at a year, I just stop counting the months because I can't, <laughs> I can't do that kind of math all the time. It's Seriously. just too much. Especially with child number three, like some things have to go by the way. They're like a year, a year and a half or two or, and so on. That's <laughs> right. it. I'm with you. <laughs> um, so one, one thing that's interesting is you have older kids um, who are 14 and 12. Is that how old? 13. He just, Remy just turned 13 and um, Quinn will be 12 in August. So okay. close. So like Almost 13, 12. 12, 12 years ago, you're having a baby and you're like, this is it. We're not having any more kids. Like we are done. <laughs> yeah. Ma- Mama can't handle yep. anymore. Um, so so your, know, hus- like- your husband, John gets a vasectomy, right? No more kids. Yeah. But no you have, kids. you have, you have a, a, a one-year-old and a baby on the way like what's the story <laughs> so we were just kind of um I don't know I started getting baby fever when my nephew was born because he was like so cute and uh <laughs> that's little river of course and uh so he totally rocked my world I mean Dallas did too my niece also of course rocked my world but um my little nephew kind of came right at the moment I guess where I was like man, my kids are getting bigger. Maybe they, maybe I'm not done or I shouldn't have been done. And I started having those feelings, but a vasectomy reversal is like skyrocket money for us. You know, I don't have 12 grand laying around to, you know, throw it something like that. So I didn't think that that would be an option for us. But then, Do do you remember what my suggestion to you and John was <laughs> no what was it my suggestion was, I can't wait to hear <laughs> my suggestion was hey I heard you can get a good deal on a vasectomy in Mexico oh that's right I do remember that I do remember that <laughs> but you you yeah, obviously didn't I, I really really wasn't into that idea so much. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's van it's like if you want good guacamole, let's hit let's hit Mexico. A good vasectomy, I don't know, could right. be questionable. Not sure. Yeah, or, it could, or a I mean, it could have been great. Who knows? 
Yeah, it could have been a great experience. I'll never know. You could have had a, a great reversal experience and then guacamole after. I may have not knowingly, you know, messed this up for us <laughs> because <laughs> we went to San Antonio instead. <laughs> but it's pretty close. We met some friends through church who um, told us that they had a reversal done. Um, there was this guy, this urologist who made it his ministry he realized he was doing um all vasectomies and he felt like he was kind of cutting off families before they were really finished and so he quit his practice and rented out a surgical space and um and an office space from his previous practice that he had just left and he only does reversals and um he does not charge, you know, what they charge, what they would charge you to just go to a regular doctor and whatever. So we checked him out in uh, Fluta, San, what did I say? San Antonio? Yeah. <laughs> I almost said San Francisco. Oh. That's not right. We, and we flew to um, San Antonio and uh, it was a great experience. Um, the guy was great and um, yeah, they were really wonderful. Oh. So, um, and then about a year later, I got pregnant with Simone and um, now I'm pregnant again with wow. who knows who because John won't discuss names with me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he won't discuss the names anymore. No, he's tired of the conversation and he says that when the baby is born, he'll just know what the baby <laughs> is supposed to be named. And that's kind of that. Yeah, well, you know, it honestly like it kind of kind of sounds like John. Like he he's not really like one for a whole bunch of conversation about frivolous things like the name of your child. Unless you're talking about hunting. Um, okay, well, I thought we would just um, jump into this again, um, but with a new little twist because last time what we did is um, we uh, we told a few different stories that kind of like described our friendship. Right. And I told you to come to the table with like one story and I'd come with two and, and you came with six and I came with five, which <laughs> honestly, like if I had more time, there's apparently a lot more. Um, but I thought what we would do instead of, you know, if we could overachieve, if we could overachieve in the rest of our life, like we do with these stories about ourselves, we would be so successful. <laughs> That's right. Well, I, I love what you said um, at one point when you said basically our whole life has been a show with no audience. And yeah, you know, that's the truth. And and hopefully this podcast will maybe have like one or two stragglers that find it because I think they're just, you know, they're really going to eat up how funny we are. <laughs> Oops. So, so instead of telling the whole stories, because I think we only got three or four stories done, I thought we could do rapid fire story. I'm going to give you a topic and you got to tell the story kind of as quick as possible, which maybe would be better because people might not get so bored. Like we think it's funny, but maybe, maybe it's just not, I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I can't that. imagine that's true, but probably. <laughs> I am going to throw out this and and we can discuss it ramekin shenanigans <laughs> well that's when we are finding ourselves performing in front of our number one audience our target audience i should say <laughs> good old jim honestly i can't remember 
where it came from. I don't from. know. I think we, I think we just banter back and forth so much that we're just constantly like, you know, feeding off of each other when we're like, oh, how about this? And then this, and then this, and then this, and it just kind of keeps spiraling. And we just don't stop. It just kind of keeps going until we start laughing. But, and sometimes we end up doing that in front of a third party or somebody else who like isn't quite there with us. And so it just kind of ends up, we look kind of crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, generally speaking, like our, I would say the ramekin shenanigans takes place in front of no audience at all, which matters nothing to either mm-hmm. one of us because we, we still are feel enriched mm-hmm. after each episode. Um, but there's, Absolutely. there's generally that one unfortunate person that somehow is like the lone member in our audience and there couldn't be a person ever made that would be less entertained by us than or interested about what we're talking about (laughs) right right than our friend Jim and um if if you guys are on Instagram you should follow Jim his handle is um, Jim and Lance under the big sky and they have an awesome little page and it shows Jim and his son and all their hunting adventures and stuff. Anyways, go follow him. But, and Jim's a great guy, but he maybe doesn't find us as funny as we really are in real life. Um, and yeah, I don't he, think he quite knows what to do with us. No, no, he certainly doesn't. But he, he generally finds himself the only other person in the room with us as we're like. <laughs> and he's you know. probably not sure how that keeps happening. No. <laughs> I like to think that it's like some sort of divine experience. It's, it's meant to happen. Yeah. Yes. God knows that he needs more ramekin shenanigans in his life. So he puts us there on purpose. That's right. I like, you know, I'm looking forward to posting this podcast so that maybe Jim can hear our point of view. Although to tag him in it. Can you tag him in it? I can, but I, I don't think he'll think it's funny. You know what else I was thinking about Jim <laughs> <laughs> is um, the first time you shot an elk. Oh Jim, yeah. Jim. My only time. The only person there with you and me, Brandy shoots an elk. Yeah. Elk goes can. down and poor Jim is with us alone and having to <laughs> help help gut the uh, well okay wait I say help gut but he was fully gutting the animal he gutted. We didn't at, do as we took selfie took videos pictures and, and commentary <laughs> and you know what I tried to send them to Jim and this is a few years back but I tried to send them to Jim but I think he still had a flip phone at that time so he couldn't get the picture oh, maybe oh my god elbows deep in blood remember we were like you should put this as like a dating website photo that's right. Um, Elbow deep in what, blood. What was it? Farmers. Uh, what, Farm, was it? what was Farmers that? only. Is that what it was? It was the one with all the commercials, think, and they'd sing it, and we'd be like, "Put this on there." I think it's far, farmers only or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, it would have been the perfect, perfect fit for him. But he he finds a like our that would weed out certain girls right away. <laughs> Elbow deep in blood. That's true. Get the squeamish ones out of the way. Real quick. Real quick. Um, okay. So there's one story that is, oh, there's so many that are my favorite, but um, oh, wait, why don't you do a story? You, you threw out a name of a story. So uh, we were at a, one of my kiddos birthday parties and 
um, we, I, we didn't know each other that well. We were living next door to you, but we didn't, we didn't really like spend a lot of time together yet. And, uh, <laughs> there's a lot, like I was saying earlier, there's a lot of funny stories from that birthday party. Cause your kiddos were like, mama, can I have that cookie that's brown with the white stuff in the middle because they'd never <laughs> seen an Oreo. Oh my gosh, that's, <laughs> that's so embarrassing. We putting, <laughs> wondering what kind of cheese we were putting on the burgers because it came wrapped in plastic. Oh yeah, they they could they didn't understand how to open it. They, they were like, what is this yeah, oh, that's what craft yeah, yeah. single? They're like, I don't know what to do with this. I, I think if I hadn't given them instruction, they may have eaten it with the plastic on. I'm not sure. <laughs> they could like, I guess this is like this. <laughs> it's like brie. It's like the, the outside. <laughs> yeah, the rind. <laughs> but my husband, um, for those who don't know him, is a, a super hard worker and never sits still and uh, is always trying to just be busy. And so we were, the party was winding down and everybody was kind of picking up and stuff. And John was like leaning against the, a post or something and let me jump in here because like I hadn't known you long but I knew this uh-uh. to the core that John was like hard hard, hard. yeah yeah I mean like I knew it yeah, yeah. totally and for him to like take a second and rest I mean man deserves it <laughs> but but we're all picking up and and I forget like why like what happened before that to make you say this but you looked at John and you were like you got time to lean you got time to clean and I like busted out laughing because it was the funniest thing it's so opposite of him and he was probably like oh like not expecting that from you either so I just kind of solidified for me like this is my kind of person. I'm totally, I'm all in now. I'm all I, uh, in. You know, I, I think just knowing that like he was a hard worker and me being a total, um, just really enjoy sarcasm and, um, you know, shock Happy factor. <laughs> yeah. <a little spark. laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I just, I, I felt like it was, I felt like it was appropriate. I wanted to instill in him a little bit of fear of me that, you know, like, Hey, if you're slacking off, I'm going to be there to hold you accountable she's gonna call you out (laughs) yeah so walk a straight line absolutely that's right right. um okay so there's one story that I think maybe embodies us better than any other story in the world um and I think the common knowledge now well especially like from your husband is like okay Bear and Brandy cannot go anywhere alone like that's just not gonna work (laughs) They can't be trusted because right. like, you know, like we'll go to the grocery store and we'll come back two hours later. Cause we stopped at the, the restaurant to have appetizers and wine, you know, did we go to the store? <laughs> oh I yeah. I don't even know. Um, Everybody's waiting for dinner, but we come back full and <laughs> feeling real good. <laughs> and, and all the guys <laughs> right. are with all of the kids while we're, you know, getting a nice glass yeah, of wine. Exactly. Um, so, but the, I think the epitome of, you know, our relationship is when it was pretty early on, we decided to go garage sailing. I think your husband and your kids and your mother-in-law were all out of town for a swim meet, probably up somewhere mm-hmm. in like Plains or somewhere where there wasn't good reception. Yeah. It was like hours away and they were camping all weekend. Yeah. So we decide, Hey, so left me unsupervised all weekend is what I'm saying. Right. So, I mean, like <laughs> there's gotta be some responsibility there on his part. Uh, I agree. So we decide to hit um, some garage sales and we show up. I, th- I think we're driving, you know, like 
maybe my car or something like, you know, nothing we can put anything too large in. So we're like, Hey, we're going to stay out of trouble. Yeah. We can't like bring a washing machine home or anything. So we show up at this garage sale and there in front of our eyes, you know, is Arnie. Who's Arnie? It was glorious 1976 lime green and what used to be, I'm guessing white <laughs> camper. That was wonderful. Ah. And when you open the door, it had this beautiful lime green linoleum that yeah. was in perfect condition. And the cushions were, she, I think the lady recently had redone them and stuff like that. It was just, he was just beautiful and like begging to go home with us. Right. I mean, he was it's made for us. He was everything we didn't know we need like all there exactly. in one package um so it's kind of like you and i were made for each other and arnie was made for us that's, the same right. that's right that's right and and there was, was no a beautiful moment there was no denying it and so at that point you know i was like i'm in you know i don't have to ask you know it's my bank account i got my money i'm i'm in brandy where are you you know like let's rubber meets the road here. Like how much does our friendship mean? Are you in as a part <laughs> on this trailer? Which, you know, when you're married, you do, you need to like talk finances with your partner. You just have to, like, it's, it's not right to not. So, but I mean, you gave it a good effort. I did. I, I, I called, I texted, I left voicemails, made promises. So I did my part. I made promises of, you know, it'll be okay because it'll be, it'll be fine. And, um, just really, uh, left some voicemails that just really showed that I was, uh, serious about my commitment to this camper. <laughs> and so we just went for it. We just decided to go for it and go have these on this beautiful camper who, by the way, I guess we should say his name is Arnie because of the adorable man who was selling Arnie. We named him after, we named the camper after him because he was just as cute as a button. And so it was the camper. So yeah. it seemed like an easy name. Yeah. And, and they like gave it to us fully like stocked. And in fact, we're even like wanting to put everything from the garage sale into it. I think just basically, so we'd take all their crap, but if they would yeah. have included the human being Arnie, I think I would have, have taken, I would have taken, yes, absolutely. absolutely. He'd, he'd be sitting yeah. here with us right now. It would be hard, you know, now that we live a couple hours away to share custody yeah. of him, but it would make it work. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Well, for his sake, I'm glad, you know, maybe he didn't include himself, but um, he's, yeah, he's probably glad. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so I think what we'll do is I, uh, I want to transition to a little bit more just about specifically you and um, things that like, you know, we really enjoy together, but just kind of like your story um, of growing up and how you ended up in Montana because um, you grew up just outside of DC and in true mm -hmm. um, fashion, you were kind of 
a city girl, you know, I mean, just, just by default, because where you grew up now, I know, like, you'll tell us a little bit about your dad, but um, being a city girl here, if you're a Montana kid, like, that's, that's a big insult. Like, my son <laughs> will say that to my daughter and be like, oh, stop being a city girl. Um, so, <laughs> so that was you. Davis would have insulted you if he knew you, I think. Um, rude. <laughs> I know, so rude. That 10-year-old kid's so rude. Um, which... <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me a little bit of, of the story when you made him eat Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but we can't do more stories. Long yeah. story short, Brandy forced my son to eat Brussels sprouts and he gagged at the table like some mm-hmm. time. So, yes. And so now I, I do like to ask him if you would like me to make him Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Just about every time I see him, <laughs> if that's what he wants for dinner. And he never seems to laugh. He always is like, looks at me, and, no, I don't want that. Again, another another person in yeah, our audience true. that doesn't really think we're that funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so tell me about a little lot. bit about, you know, gr- tell me a little bit about you growing up and how you guys got to Montana and what your upbringing has to do with who you are now. Okay, so um, as a kid, grew up outside of DC, and um, we moved away from there about eight, right when I was starting high school. So most of my, all of my childhood years are there. Um, we, none of my friends were into anything like we're into now, and my mom is not. My sister's not really. My, my dad is. Um, he's always been. He's always been a hunter, and he likes to kind of always do things. We always joke about him doing everything the hard way because, uh, you know, there's so much, there's so many easy ways to do everything these days. And he kind of never takes that path. He always wants to do more work or, you know, he's got like 35 acres and I probably like one or two acres of it is, is, is like yard and he push mows all of it instead of getting a riding mower. Cause he says, that everybody who uses riding mowers are fat. <laughs> he doesn't want to get fat. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, he just he just does things the hard way. But um he um he's always like I said been a hunter. So we're growing up outside of, you know DC in the suburbs and we live in a development but we get BB guns and pellet guns for Christmas and birthday presents and you know when we're latchkey kids we get home from school and our job is to stir the deer hides that are tanning in the on the back porch and the the big trash barrels um my sister and i would go dove hunting we were my dad's hunting dogs we would wear these big <laughs> orange vests and uh when a dove would drop we would pick it up we run out there and go get it you pop its head off and you stick it in your pocket <laughs> so these are the these are my some of my childhood memories but at the same time as i was growing up i was going to go live in new york city and I was going to live in a penthouse apartment with my cousin. We were going to be New York City lawyers. And th- th- had this whole, this whole plan, which John likes to say he fixed me. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do that anymore, obviously. Um, but so it's just kind of, um, it's been a, a process. And I would say I had all that in my background, but it wasn't the future I was looking for. But then you know, you have kids and 
they have these perfect little bodies and you just that are born they're just fresh and you don't you don't want to put anything bad in them you don't want to you know fill them up with preservatives and food coloring and whatever else um so I just got really particular about food and um because I'd never really cooked until John and I started dating and all I wanted to do was feed him. I had this overwhelming urge to just feed John for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Did <laughs> he look hungry? So I would make a lot of food. <laughs> no. <laughs> As a matter of fact, when I started cooking, all I did was make pasta because that was, you know, something versatile. You could just add different things in. And we both gained like 10 pounds because <laughs> all I did was make a bunch of pasta. Um, oh but and that was, I had never cooked really before that. So um, anyways, then the kids are born and you want to make not just food, but you want to make good food. So I just got really into cooking. And then it was like where food comes from and, you know, all these different things. And then it just kind of branches out. It's not just food, you know, it's kind of like, where's your heat coming from? Where's your money coming? You know, I, whatever, like, it's just kind of like, you realize how reliant people are these days on what's easily accessible and you know your my brain kind of goes to what if some of that stuff isn't as accessible anymore and I'm not talking like full force full forge like going uh pepper style or whatever but like you know to have that resilience built in to teach your kids to be resourceful and where food comes from yeah uh, well I have a couple questions for you but John, your husband, like he's been like a hunter his whole life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I think when he always went with his grandfather, I don't think his dad is a big hunter or was. So when you got married and moved to Montana and realized very quickly that hunting was going to be a dominating factor in your guys's marriage and life. Holy moly. That is a nice way to put it. <laughs> lives revolve around it now <laughs> nothing's allowed to be scheduled between what is it like uh, mid-august until well now he's mountain lion hunting um so that goes all all winter so it used to cut off at like december january now it just keeps going oh my goodness so what has that like how has that kind of um shaped your guys's life and family um well, my, my older kids are super into it. So it's like a big deal when they um, first got to go to elk camp with, uh, with dad, which was fun because it's not car camping. It's not like you drive up and you, you know, put your tent up and leave your cooler in the car and, you know, you get to pack your air mattresses and stuff. I mean, they, they parked their, their truck, everything was on a pack and they, biked for a while long I don't want to say how many how long a mile I don't know um longer than I would want to do any of this <laughs> so that's why I don't go to elk <laughs> but they um they bike you know and they park their bikes and then they because the the road is closed which is why they have to bike the road is closed they bike up as far as they can stash their bikes and then they hike miles to their elk camp area and then um uh and they then they camp and it's like cold and snowy and they're eating like ramen noodles and whatever's really light 
to carry into camp. They're drinking out of a spring that's up there. I mean, they're really roughing it. So I love, I love the, the um, grit that my kids are learning about being uncomfortable and, and still enjoying themselves. I think that is such a lesson, such a lesson that's so important to learn early on that you can be uncomfortable. It's okay. You know, it's, you don't have to be. I think it's super important to teach our kids, like you said, to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because life yes. is, isn't always easy. Most of the time, <laughs> right. it's uncomfortable and, and that's okay. Right. And that's normal. And you problem solve and you figure things out and you tackle situations, even when they're uncomfortable. And I love what you said, like that, even though like every situation in our life is not going to be hunting in two feet of snow and, you know, really roughing it, but you can take those lessons um, and they translate into, to everyday life. Um, I feel like our, our kids um, really know, you know, they really know things that a lot of even grownups don't know, you know, like they know how yeah. to, to, <laughs> to just tackle some problems and to get after it. And you just do the work. And also, you know, like their connection to the land and their connection to their food source and understanding life and death. And um, that all comes along with those hunting experiences that, a lot of, and homesteading experiences, you know, when we raise animals. We went to a full draw movie tour a few years ago in Missoula. Have you ever heard of that? I think so. Yeah. They do these like, uh, you know, as an amateur, you know, people are videoing their hunts and then they edit it and put it all together. And then, you know, it's, it's played at the, it was at the Wilma. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, you know, anyways, it was really fun. And, um, one of my one of the videos that really stood out to me and I loved watching, especially because the kids were there, was um, this dad took his son bear hunting for the first time. And there were two things in that video that I thought were just so stellar. The dad um, made his son practice his shooting. I can't remember if it was archery or um, rifle or whatever. But um, anyways, he made him practice because every day, even if the kids didn't want to, and the kid was okay and you know not fighting the practicing because the dad told him and taught him that he owed it to the animal to do a swift and humane kill mm -hmm. to hit him in the yeah. right spot the first time and um put them down like right away and to me i thought that was such a great lesson for a kid to learn because you know you're not just it's not something that's just really far away that you're shooting that you know it's a living thing and mm -hmm. so you want to respect that and then when the child did I think it was nine or something then when he did shoot the bear they prayed over the bear and you know thanked him for his sacrifice and you know just they, they thank god for um you know providing for their family and blah because blah, they were going to eat him mm -hmm. and all this kind mm -hmm. of stuff or and all that but it was just like i thought that was those were such great lessons for kids to see even adults really who maybe don't even think about it in that manner, but it just really resonated with me. I thought that was such a great um, 
thing in that video. I just, I thought that was really good. Yeah. I can't remember who it was or what the video, or I can't give them any credit. But you, but, you remember the important parts. Um, yeah. And you yeah. know that, so that leads me to another question, you know, like our kids are, I feel like they're very fortunate to grow up in this lifestyle of hunting and homesteading and ranching and farming. And, um, but, you know, on our Instagram page at growing up Montana, we have like followers from all over the country, all over the world, you know, people who live in apartments in big cities, you know, follow us. And, and I yeah. think it's because they have like a natural craving, like as humans, we have a natural craving to get back to like how God created us to be. So we have mm-hmm. a lot of these followers, like, you know, what, what can those people do? Because like a lot of those people can't just walk outside and go shoot a deer yeah I mean short of moving you know like do you have any ideas for folks like how how can they connect to those types of things in in the the situation that they're they're presented with so um I I think just like um just growing plants in your room in your house like my daughter does her um she just decided this year that she is a total plant mom. She's 11, almost 12. And she has like 17 plants in her bedroom. And I've got a, I had to buy her a plant stand because they were just all over the floor. She's taken over my cookie sheets because all these plant pots are sitting on top of them. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's like a jungle in there. It's getting terrible, but you know, she's so nurturing and she does so well. They're just flourishing, but it's, and, and, and so she's got like six tomato plants because she just planted a bunch of seeds that she found in, in my seed box and felt like it. And even if they don't turn into to big tomato plants, it's already like, you know, mid July and <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do. It's kind of an experiment, but I mean, even if like nothing really comes from them like they're already you know like I don't know six inches tall and she's just having a ball with it and it's just you know showing them that you can grow things it's not that hard Mm -hmm. to just grow something if you just put a little effort into it um it's just it's just a matter of water and sunshine most of the time and room for the roots to grow um but something like planting planting seeds or um getting outside there's so many uh also I mean if you are the people, there's hunting opportunities or at least shooting opportunities a lot of places, um, you know, with gun ranges and such that are like, uh, I think, I'm not sure exactly like NRA classes about how to, you know, handle a, a gun or something if you wanted to get into shooting, um, you know, hunting, I mean. Um, I think there's also like archery classes too, but I think reading and there's so many like youtube videos like you're really great at foraging and i'm sure your kids have um way more experience than even i do about any of that because i just assume everything's poison if i don't know what it is <laughs> like like i'm in some kind of fairy tale but um i don't know like i there's i think that that's uh i don't know it's just it, i think the little things don't you don't have to do big things to get in touch with your you know you can even buy a whole chicken and just learn how to cut it up into pieces you know what I mean just little little stuff yeah for sure Um, just doing some of those things like taking some of the processing like because all of our food is packaged and processed 
And I like what you said about like just getting a whole chicken and learning how to cut it up, you know, because we either buy mm-hmm. chicken breasts or the little chicken tenders or, you know, the thigh. Um, but like making that connection, like even, you know, go buy two pounds of strawberries and learn how to make jam. You know, that is something yeah. anyone can do. Um, have a small animal, have, a, you know, something that your kids can raise that, you know, ultimately is going to die which it, you know, is so heartbreaking, but I think we're so far removed from death these days that like, we can't Mm -hmm. even live as humans are supposed to live. Um, you know, but I like the ideas of the connection with like the seed and the soil and growing it and anyone can do that in their home. You know, that doesn't take anything. And, and I think, well, even like, I mean, there's some neighborhoods and, and stuff, you can't have chickens or whatever, but, um, I think a lot of people, I think the chicken thing is really growing. Mm-hmm. you know, as far as backyard chickens and all that stuff. Um, I think Joel Salatin is a great resource to kind of read his books and, um, and watch anything on YouTube you can with him. He's, I think he's amazing, but um, he's just really interesting too. And I, I've learned a lot just when I lived in a, in a regular house that was on like a half acre with no animals as my dogs. Um, you know, I read a lot of, from him and like you were saying, jam is a great start. Um, yeah, because when we raised, we did meat chickens together. Mm-hmm. I, we had, you know, a whole bunch of whole chickens in the freezer. It's not like I could like make a recipe that was like, oh, I can just do like four chicken breasts or whatever. I had whole chickens mm-hmm. and we didn't cut them up until like separate them into breasts and thighs and legs and all the things so um I had to be I had to cook more like they did you know longer ago when mm-hmm. you couldn't just go buy a bag of chicken breasts and a bag of thighs or whatever so you know you kind of I like those recipes that are real simple you know that are kind of older that have like five or six ingredients and not like 24 <laughs> you know because yeah. I think that's more authentic to you know cooking like um a while ago before mm-hmm. all this stuff was just at our fingertips and and I think that just teaches you simple cooking because I think that's a big part of it. you're trying to learn how to be self-sufficient or I think we're really reliant on instant food and restaurants these days that a lot of people don't know how to make basic things so even just getting back to the basics of learning how to simple simple things that like your grandparents ate you know yeah yeah, yeah no I, I agree 100 percent um I think there's tons of small things that we can do even just like you said doing the whole chicken and actually cooking mashed potatoes from potatoes you know um just just kind of trying to make those little tweaks in our lives because, you know, everyone can't live in Montana like us. And, you know, mm-hmm. like we have dairy cows, we have beef cows, we have the occasional mm-hmm. pigs, we have chickens, we have a garden. We, you know, like th- I get that that's not possible. Um, but I guess, you know, and, and my main goal a lot of times with growing up Montana is to just encourage people in that small way that they can connect 
to their food, that they can connect to their land and, and then also connect to their families. Um, so, well, I think that we're going to wrap it up, Brandy. Um, thank you so much. And I'm glad that we like did this and I'm just so thankful for your friendship and your willingness to like go through all this crazy with me and working out the kinks and, um, maybe down the road when I'm more seasoned, we'll, we'll do another show together. Yeah, that'd be fun. And we'll record it the first time. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right, Brandy, we'll talk to you another time. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. All right, friends. Well, that's a wrap for our very first episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. And we will laugh and chat with you soon. City lights won't find us here Under the biggest sky Family life and stories to be told This is our home